You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear Saints, we're in John 16 again this week, last week, next week, and the week after. Our fathers in the faith uh, in the ancient church have determined in their wisdom that we should spend this month, in the, really the last month of the season of Easter, meditating on this chapter. And I, and I was thinking about that this morning. I think it might be a good idea if, if you have some leisure this week to read through all of John 15 and 16, at least the end of 15 and all of John 16, to hear it all in one piece. Because in this text, there's a lot of teaching that's going on. Now, the context is Monday, Thursday. It's the night when Jesus is is instituting the meal of the New Testament, the night that he washed his disciples' feet, the night he prayed in the garden and was betrayed by Judas and arrested. And he's preparing his disciples in this chapter, in the chapters before and after, he's preparing them for what's about to happen, especially for his death and for his resurrection. Now, last week, Pastor Flammy got to the comfort of what Jesus talks about a little while, You'll suffer and you'll be sorry for a little while. While he rests in the grave, the the world will rejoice, the disciples will weep and lament, but then at the resurrection their sorrow is now turned into joy. This week Jesus has something else to shock the disciples. And I suppose it shocks us too when he says these words, It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, This going away that Jesus is talking about in the text is a reference of Jesus' work to win our salvation. It is especially talking about His death on the cross and His burial. And it includes also His resurrection and ascension which follow it. Now, think about this as we meditate on the text. Everything that Jesus is doing, uh, everything that He's going to go through is going to be absolutely terrible for Him but absolutely wonderful for the disciples. I mean, Jesus is suffering all of these things and enduring all of these things so that they might have life. It should be, at this moment, on Monday, Thursday, when Jesus is speaking these words, it should be that Jesus is sorrowful and they're rejoicing because what's about to happen is to their great benefit. But the opposite is true. Jesus is stoically looking ahead at the cross that is before him, but his disciples are exceedingly sorrowful, so Jesus is going to comfort them. And he does it with the sermon that we heard him preach already. Nevertheless, he says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is for your benefit that I go away. For if I did not go away, the Helper will not come to you, But if I go, I will send him to you. With these words, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, whom he sends from his seat on the throne at the Father's right hand. And did you notice that Jesus gives the most wonderful name or title to the Holy Spirit? It's translated here, helper. Some of your translations at home might say comforter. The Greek word is parakletos or paraklete. And that's the word that's used in 1 John where we read, we have an advocate with the Father, a paraclete with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. And I, in fact, think that word would be the best translation, advocate. 
Jesus is saying, if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. An advocate reminds us of the courtroom. It reminds, it reminds us of being brought before the judge and having someone standing next to us defending us. And we, dear saints, have an advocate in heaven, Jesus, who stands before the throne of God on your behalf, pleading your case and offering up evidence, the evidence of his blood and his death for you. And we have an advocate on earth. We have an advocate in our own hearts, an advocate in our conscience, an advocate who is in our midst today to testify of the death of Jesus and to forgive all of our sins. And this is the Holy Spirit. And this is his work. I've heard, I bet you have too, I've heard the accusation that the Lutherans uh, don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit. Have you heard that before? I think that's absurd. It's the Holy Spirit who doesn't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is pleased to preach Christ. And whenever and wherever you hear the preaching of Christ, the pure gospel, the promise of the forgiveness of sins, And when you know that your sins are forgiven and believe that God is for you, then you know that the Holy Spirit is there doing His work. This is what Jesus is talking about, the office and work of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, it's really quite beautiful that Jesus tells us about the threefold work that the Holy Spirit is sent to do. And that's really what we want to think about this morning. Here's the verses, John 16, verses 8 to 11. Jesus says, And when He, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see Me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, we notice first, as we consider this threefold work of the Holy Spirit, that the reason why the Holy Spirit is doing this work is because we cannot do this work. We cannot convict ourselves of sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit does it. And His first work is here to convict the world of sin. And the world will be convicted. Now, here's how we want to think about this we have this theological problem, which is, in fact, I think it's, in some ways it's a confusing problem, and it's this. We would think that if anything would be obvious, if, if, if any truth of the Christian church would be obvious to us, it would be the fact of our sinfulness. If anything would be apparent to our eyes, it would be the fact that we are all sinners. And in some ways, this is true. We can see that things are wrong in the world but we cannot see how completely bad they are. We, we can see that we make mistakes, but all of us are, in one way or another, uh, when it really comes down to it, all of us, according to our flesh, will see ourselves as good people. This is, you know, when you have this, you know, you go out and ask people if they're going to go to heaven, and they all, every, almost everyone says yes, if they believe in a heaven, and and then you ask them how they're going to get there, and you know the, the almost universal answer is, well, I'm a good person. Now, this is the basic understanding of ourselves and of the people that we love that we're born with. 
And unless the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, it is the basic understanding of ourselves that we also die with. That we're basically good people. That we at least try hard and this sort of thing. Now Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. And that, dear saints, is the essential point. It's the sin of unbelief which is at the root, which is the source or the spring of all other sin. And it's unbelief, not believing in Jesus, that in the end will damn those who do not believe. I mean, we might see murder and theft and lying as sins, but unless the Holy Spirit through the preaching of the law does His work, we cannot see unbelief as a sin. In fact, we can't even see unbelief as something that's wrong. So this first work of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. Now, this should bring some joy to us, because if you've heard the preaching of the Ten Commandments, and you know that you've broken them, and you know that God is angry with you because of your breaking the Ten Commandments, then that is an indication that the Holy Spirit has done His work in your mind and your heart. It's a comfort that the Holy Spirit is there, even though the work is terrible, showing us our own sinfulness and our own failures. But when the Holy Spirit has done this, He's only just begun. This is only the first work and the first part of repentance. The Holy Spirit has more to do. And so Jesus goes on. Second, Jesus says, The Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning righteousness. Because, says Jesus, I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Just as we cannot see the depth of our own sin apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, so we cannot achieve anything that would be considered good or righteous apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness because He goes to the Father. And here's the idea. Jesus, in His death and His resurrection, wins for us the forgiveness of all of our sins. He opens to us the door to heaven. He accomplishes the, the, uh, the sa- salvation that He intends. He is the sacrifice to appease the wrath of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So His cross is our salvation. But that salvation needs to be brought to us and delivered to us. We've made the note from this pulpit many times that, uh, that being at the foot of the cross when Jesus died would in fact do you no good for your salvation. I mean, even if you were there on that day and the blood of Jesus splashed all over you, you you would not, by that accomplishment, be saved. There were crowds of, remember, there were crowds of unbelievers all surrounding the cross and the crucifixion, mocking Jesus as he died. And and to be there on that day was of no benefit to them. It It did not get them salvation. And this is because there is a distinction between the way the forgiveness of sins is accomplished and the way the forgiveness of sins is delivered. Forgiveness is accomplished on the cross by the suffering and death of Jesus. Make no mistake. But the delivery of the forgiveness of sins, that's the Holy Spirit's work. That's what Jesus is talking about right here. 
that the Holy Spirit, by bringing to us the promise of the gospel, brings to us the death and victory of Jesus. He declares us to be righteous and holy. He forgives all of our sins. And the Holy Spirit does this work through the Word, through the preaching of God's Word, through the hearing of God's Word, through the absolution, through baptism, through the Lord's Supper. All of this is the Holy Spirit's work of convicting the world of righteousness. You cannot be righteous by yourself, with your own resources. You you can't be righteous by your own works. You can't be righteous by your own efforts. You can't be righteous by convincing yourself, by talking to yourself (laughs) that you're righteous. You can't do it. Your righteousness is the Holy Spirit's work. And you, dear saints, know this comfort. You believe that Jesus is your righteousness. And this faith is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, we might end there because it's a nice law gospel kind of thing, but Jesus keeps going. And he has a third work of the Holy Spirit. And that is this, to convict the world of judgment. Now, this sounds at first like it's going to be a bit of law, but then Jesus explains really kind of wonderfully what that means. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. It's not your judgment. It's the devil's judgment that Jesus is talking about here. That the devil, the prince of this world has been judged. That he has been condemned. That he has been overcome. This is this third work of the Holy Spirit and it is tremendously important because we know first that we're sinners and second that we're forgiven and declared righteous. But then the devil comes along and tempts us to despair. He tempts us to lose hope and the Holy Spirit is fighting back against this. Now I think that it happens at least twice a day for all of us that we are tempted to lose hope. And the first time is when we watch the news. (laughs) Or listen to the radio, or read the newspaper, or maybe just open our eyes. (laughs) And we think to ourselves, despair. The world's falling apart. The devil is having his day. And then the second time is not when we look out there at the news and see what's going on in the world, but when we happen to think of our own lives of all the things that are going wrong in our neighborhood or our families or our own suffering or the trouble that we have or our loved ones have, all the, the, the suffering that surrounds us, and we think again, despair. The devil's having his day. The devil's won. Jesus might as well still be in the grave. And to us who think this, who are tempted to think this, the Holy Spirit comes to do the third work to convict the world of judgment that the ruler of this world has been judged to remind you that the devil has no authority over you the lord's baptized christians we've been saying this a lot lately i don't think it hurts to say it again that the lord has not authorized us to despair you and i are christians Which means, remember how Peter begins his epistle? Which means we are begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Now make no mistake, when Jesus gives the Holy Spirit the title here, Paraclete, it is because the devil has the precise opposite title, Satan. Satan is the Hebrew word for accuser, the one who stands there in the court to bring to the judge the accusations of your crimes. And the devil is certainly our Satan, our accuser, the one who accuses us before God and the world and accuses us in our own conscience. But instead of him winning the day, we have our advocate, the Holy Spirit, who stands at our side and the work of the accuser comes to nothing. Now, this is what St. Paul is talking about in that glorious passage, Romans 8. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ is the one who died, and more than that, was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. The devil can't condemn you. Christ has died for you. The devil can't bring a charge against you. Jesus' blood covers your sins. The devil can't accuse you in heaven. Jesus is there interceding. And the devil can't accuse you on earth. The Holy Spirit is here doing His work, His paraclete, helping, comforting, advocating work, reminding you, telling you, preaching to you that Christ has died and your sins are forgiven reminding you that you do not belong to the devil, but you belong to Christ who purchased and won you from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold and silver, but with his holy precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death. This is this work of the Holy Spirit to convict the world of judgment because the ruler of this world, the devil, has been judged. And we rejoice. It is indeed true, dear saints, that it is to our advantage that Jesus went away to the cross, to the grave, to the right hand of the Father, because this means that the Holy Spirit has come and He has convicted you of sin and He has declared you righteous. And he has comforted you with the confidence that the devil is judged so that we, his saints and his holy ones, rejoice. The Holy Spirit has done his work and continues to do his work. And this is our hope and our joy and our peace and our comfort, even to life eternal. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.